Richard Powers begins his Pulitzer Prize-winning novel, The Overstory, with a woman sitting against a pine tree. She begins to hear messages from not only that pine, but trees everywhere. Words before words, as Powers writes. All the ways you imagine us, the trees say, are always amputations. Your kind never see us whole. You miss the half of it, and more. There's always as much below ground as above. That's the trouble with people, their root problem, the trees continue. Life runs alongside them, unseen. Right here, right next. Creating the soil, cycling water, trading in nutrients, making weather, building atmosphere, feeding and curing and sheltering more kinds of creatures than people know how to count. From this opening scene, Powers weaves a sprawling story of trees of all kinds and the people who affect them and are affected by them. If our guests on this episode of the Citizen Science Podcast haven't read the overstory, they'll definitely recognize themselves in it. Terence Pickles is the founder of Exeter Trees, which attempts to document and preserve every tree in Exeter in the UK using both YouTube and the Curio app, which was developed by our second guest, Paul Hickey. This app allows anyone to map trees and other green infrastructure features wherever they are. My co-host Caroline Nickerson talks to Terence and Paul about their motivations for doing the work they do, the kinds of results it's had, and how you can get started using Curio to better see the whole of the world, or at least the trees you walk by every day. Today we have Terence Pickles and Paul Hickey on the line. I'll let them introduce themselves and give some background on their work. Terence, do you want to say hello and tell us a little bit about your background? Yeah, of course. So um, my name is Terence Pickles, founder of Exeter Trees. My hobby is dendrology, which is the study of trees. Exeter is in Devon, which is in the southwest of the UK, which is great because we're uh, the sort of warmest part of the UK. So we get a lot of trees that you wouldn't normally get in the rest of the UK. First began my interest when I was volunteering with the RSPB, the Royal Society for the Protection of Birds, back in 2015. So that was just going out to the reserves, doing sort of maintenance, general sort of work on their reserves. Initially, it just started off as a, a very small hobby. My actual main job is IT. Whenever I had a lunch break, I'd always be outside filming or recording or collecting samples. And um, 30 minutes isn't much, but those little bits of research over years, um, it all adds up. Yeah, from there, I sort of really got into it and um, decided to make a project out of it. So I created the website, Exeter Trees, probably back 2016. And at the moment, my biggest project is my YouTube channel. So I'm trying to record as many trees as I can throughout the seasons so that each video is probably about 30 seconds long, but taking different parts of the tree across the 12 months. So hopefully anybody who's got an interest can then just jump to my channel and then they can actually see the tree throughout the year. At the moment, I've uploaded about 16,000 videos to YouTube. So you can see how busy that's kept me. Yeah, I just love trees and love to share. That is awesome. Okay, then I think we can have Paul introduce himself. And Paul, will you please give some background about what Curio is and how Terence's work fits in with Curio? Hi, I'm Paul Hickey. I'm a member of the team behind Curio, which is a software platform for improving monitoring and care of the natural environment. It's done mainly by engaging local communities in learning about ecosystems, biodiversity and nature. And a big part of that learning is getting people outside and, and taking an active role in exploring and recording and monitoring habitats. So that's why the citizen science aspects of Curio are, are really at the heart of what it does. An amazing aspect of Curio is that people like Terence are able to take it up and use it to record the locations of trees and information about trees in their areas and share that information with other people. 
the work that Terence does, he's actually delivering a lot of environmental information to the other people living in the area where he is that they can access and learn from. And it's one of the great things to, about citizen science is that inclusive aspect that it draws a lot more people into the fold. For me, even, I don't have a background in environmental or life sciences. My background is software design and development. So I get a huge amount from using Curio myself to learn more about the world around me, taking part in what are uh, essentially giant science projects. So I think my, my favorite thing about citizen science is that it's open for anyone to take part in. We should always be aiming to enable absolutely anyone and everyone to get involved so that anyone can take it up and begin doing some sciencing, even people like me. <laughs> Thank you so much, Paul. Now, Terence, maybe you can elaborate on your work with Curio as a user? The nature reserve I was working on the most with the RSPB was a heath reserve, and uh, that's part of East Devon. One of the wardens there actually got me onto Curio. I started to combine that with my project work, which has made my life a lot easier because to be able to use that map overlay from Google Maps and then just pinpoint the trees is great because I can sort of go back and forwards and then, you know, I'm always learning. So I can then go back to a tree that I wasn't sure about and then update it. It's made things a lot better for me. Talk us through the process. How does a person map a tree? So the first thing you need to do, just on a, your smartphone or iPhone, download the app, which is Curio XYZ. Once you've downloaded it, the sort of initial screen once you've logged in is the map and then you can zoom into different points so it uses the gps on your phone and then you can just sort of use the pinpoint to add a tree and if you're not sure about it you can still you know mark it on there it's pretty intelligent because it will pick out where it thinks trees are so there'll be a question mark so you can then just add notes to it you can even take pictures and put stories on which as i said is really useful because you can put notes on there if you're not sure and then go back to it so when you're mapping the tree, do you identify what type of tree it is or does the app do that for you? It won't be able to identify the tree. There'll either be a sort of question mark to where it knows a tree is or you can add a position at any point. But then you can just click on the species and then just type in what you think it is and then it will come up and then you just add it on there. Awesome. So you're trying to map the trees in Exeter. Is it just you working with Exeter trees through Curio or do you have partners? It's just me. So I do this as a very keen hobby, but I am hopefully soon going to start getting more locals involved as well. So my goal will be once I can get a better relationship with our council is to start organizing some tree trails so that we'll go around to the different parks across Exeter, places where people walk by day by day and don't really either know or necessarily appreciate the trees. People tend to notice trees when they're cut, when they're a stump and really want to change that behavior. They're not just inanimate objects that are just there. You know, we've got to stand up for our trees really. And this is just a tool that really helps me to do that. Today, I was having a walk around our local fields and on the app, it still had a tree in summer, but that tree's now been cut down. So at least I've got a rough time frame to query the council to why that tree was cut down. But that's just one of many uses of the app. So it seems that you're trying to create a local history of trees. Yeah, that's part of it. I mean, my real focus at the moment, and it has been for a couple of years now, is studying as many trees as I can, taking small video clips of each tree across the full 12 months, and then creating different YouTube playlists so that, uh, for example, an ash tree, you can see all the different parts in January, February, March, that sort of thing, so that anyone new to this, they can jump straight in. Because one of the problems I found when I was learning about this, it's not a very easy topic to get started. There's lots of books, but unless you've got a really good understanding to start with, it's quite difficult. But having that visual content so that anyone can physically see the different parts of the tree, different seasons, 
and it's nice to actually see the trees develop throughout the year, how they change and grow and, you know, how climate change is impacting that as well. But yeah, so that's what my long-term goal is because that's continuing. So even though I've done the most common species like ash, beech and oak, there's still thousands of other trees that I've got to do, but I really enjoy doing it. And yeah, just love sharing that information. Great. So you're creating a record of trees across different seasons, across changes in climate, across ecological changes. Are you doing this for your community so they can understand how their trees change? Yeah, that's right. And as I said, also to help the council as well, because one thing I've seen with our council and probably a lot across the UK, the knowledge isn't widely distributed or used right Um, at the moment. There's only one person who looks after all the trees in Exeter, which is well, there's millions of trees, but that's the way it is. So I try to help where I can. I mean, it took me six months working with the council for them to give me what their records were of all the trees, which turned out to be a very, very long spreadsheet of tree species and also the coordinates for maps. There are mistakes, but that's to be expected. You know, the information is probably decades old, but that's fine because it's still great that it saved me a lot of work. With Paul and the Curio team, I sent that to them and they got all of those trees mapped on the app. And we're talking four or 5,000 trees, which I couldn't have done on my own. Yeah, I mean, that was a success. It took over six months of speaking with many, many members of the council, but the persistence paid off. And so hopefully then there's other members of the council as well that might be able to sort of help me with other information as well. But it's just an example that, you know, that information... It's there, but it should be shared for not just Exeter, but for everybody. Great. Thank you so much, Terence. So it seems like Curio has really helped you. You've always had an interest in trees and you love being outside. So Curio allowed you to take that information and document it for your local community. So that makes me wonder, and this is more of a question for Paul, perhaps. How did Curio get started? You said your background is in software design? Yeah, so how Curio got started is also a bit how I got into citizen science. One of my best friends, Connor, actually set up Curio. We've been friends since we were kids, but we ended up working at the same software company a few years ago. It's the nature of these things. We were always chatting about stuff and imagining better worlds. We were kind of keen to take the skills that we had, which were software related, and apply them to creating tools that could give people the means of more easily beginning to kind of make positive contributions to environmental care. So I suppose we had experience mapping environmental systems through the work we were doing. We were working for a forestry software company. It was really around managing forest harvesting. We kind of wanted to take some of the things that we learned from there and apply it to environmental preservation. We've been understanding that the natural environment is clearly struggling under the strain of human-driven climate change. And also that the kind of institutions that Terence has been mentioning in terms of local government agencies are often under-resourced in their ability to carry out environmental care. So we kind of looked at that and thought, you know, there's already this huge wealth of people getting involved uh, in local environmental care projects. So you have the likes of Terence, but there's a tree warden system that they have in the UK, individuals that volunteer as part of a formal network to support the local authorities in managing their trees. There's well-established networks of local community groups that really provide services that may more traditionally have been provided by government agencies, but these local communities have have a pride in their local area. They want to see it thrive. So they take up the reins and get involved in kind of ecological monitoring and preservation. So we kind of wanted to provide people with tools that made that simpler and also made it easier to measure the impact and to share the impact and share the information that was being created out of those efforts. So that's where we created Curio, which is, you know, at its heart, it's a citizen science tool for monitoring local ecosystems. 
So I'm wondering, why did Curio choose to hone in on this work on trees? We began with trees because when we were beginning to have ideas around this, we were talking to people in the domain. And so we, we were speaking with the ecologists and environmental managers. And it became quite apparent that trees provide a really, really big bang for their book in terms of the, the ecosystem services that they provide in an area. So they're real mainstays of habitat, particularly in urban areas. We kind of got involved with different organizations like the East Devon uh, District Local Authority, which is where Terence came across as first. We were working with groups like that to understand their management processes around caring for trees and the kinds of challenges that trees have that could be whereby care could be provided by citizens or whereby monitoring could be provided by citizens. Curio kind of developed around that, around being able to monitor these kind of monolithic aspects of the landscape, which are trees. So the, particularly in urban areas, it's very easy to distinguish trees. They grow in the streets, grow in gardens and in parks, and they're not kind of bound up in hedgerows, which is how you'll often encounter them in rural areas. So we started with trees because they have this big ecosystem service impact, but also because people identify with them quite closely. People often have stories tied up in, in a tree in their garden that they used to climb when they were a kid, or that you know someone put a swing in it for them when they were a child and they always remembered that. People have this affection for trees that they don't necessarily have for other landscape features in the same way. So we kind of took that and tried to leverage it to begin to get people involved in monitoring their local environment. There are different documentation apps out there. For example, iNaturalist. I was wondering, what do you think makes Curio special? From an early stage, one of the things we, we tried to focus on was ease of use and playfulness. That was really just a forerunner to what we ultimately want to do. We kind of saw two aspects to citizen science. One is that you're getting people involved in helping to achieve a certain goal, which is often research-related or care-related. The other is that those people should be getting something in return. And often, I suppose the acceptance sometimes is that what they get in return is the knowledge that they're taking part in this project. But we always felt that people should be getting some very, very clear rewards for the work that they're doing. What we want to build towards is a system whereby people are getting involved in learning pathways that allow them to realize learning goals that they want to achieve as part of taking actions that have a citizen science aim. So that's one aspect. I think the, the other thing that makes Curio a bit special, if, if uh, your words, not mine, <laughs> um, well, is that we have some stuff going on under the hood with Curio that sets it apart a little. So one of the services that we've developed as part of Curio is, is a wide-ranging satellite analysis service. So we're able to analyze satellite imagery at very, very large scales to identify the distribution of green infrastructure, the distribution of tree canopy, and extract that data and deliver it to policymakers and environmental managers. So we can couple that data with the citizen science data that's collected to give management agencies and organizations a much better picture of their local environment, uh, its profile, its health, but also give them a means to better plan their operations on the ground. And one of the things that we think is really, really important about that is that it allows you to provide more equitable services at ground level. What you'll notice quite often when you look at an analysis of the location of trees, for example, in an urban area, is that the distribution is heavily biased towards areas of privilege. So underprivileged areas or economically underprivileged areas traditionally have far less access to good green space, uh, far less tree cover. By carrying out these wide-level analysis at a city scale, policy managers can then plan to provide better quality green infrastructure in areas that are underserved. One place we've seen that carried out is in the greater London area. We carried out an analysis of all of their green area. That's being used as part of their environmental strategy 
um, going forward. And they work with a lot of NGOs on the ground. And those NGOs go into underprivileged areas to provide allotments, to regenerate parks, uh, create new parks, do a lot of tree planting and carry out environmental projects with people in the area. And then some of the NGOs on the ground are also using Curio to help the communities record the work that they're doing, the new features that are going in, so the new trees and, and plantings. You know, a big help that Curio can, can give them then is that those NGOs like to stay, maintain contact with the communities because they, they expect the communities to care for the features after the NGO has left. So that's why they involve them in the planting and the installation of the features. And then they also educate them on the ground so that they can then take over after the NGO is gone. Curio provides those communities with a way of of continuing to monitor what's been done and provide a kind of living document of the work that happened and its progress going forward. So there's a legacy for the project that happened, but it also gives a means of continuing to feed those communities information that they need to continue carrying out their maintenance efforts. Would you say that the long-term goal of Curio is to empower people around the world to make a record of the trees around them and from their living spaces? So I, I would say that's one of the long-term goals. Our vision with Curio really, like Terence mentioned earlier, you know, it's important that people become more aware of their local environment um, and pay more attention to it because it needs protection. And as he kind of said, that a lot of people only become aware of trees when someone is standing beside it with a chainsaw. Becoming more aware of these things makes us see the world a bit differently. And really, with the natural environment, there is a need for people now to undertake behavior change. It's not enough for people to just be aware. We also need to change what we're doing, and we need to get involved in preserving the environment. So what we kind of wanted to do was use citizen science as a step on that path by using it to educate people, but also get them involved, actively involved in taking actions we could begin to make them more competent and confident at taking their own steps to preserve their local environment and look after it for themselves. And also to maybe empower them to an extent to, you know, come together as larger groups uh, within their community. So having visibility on each of the, the efforts of different people in their area or in other areas, seeing how it might be done in, in other parts of the world and using that to try and improve processes within the agencies that are delivering services in their area or even just how they're doing things themselves on the ground. So Terence, what lessons have you learned so far and how has your work changed as you've been using Curio these past three years? As I said, trees, surprisingly, throughout the year, it's not just the leaves that change. It's, there's lots of small things, the, the, you know, the moss, the lichen, the buds. It's, it's great to actually sort of, I suppose, share that with a tree over, in some cases, years of studying the same tree. But also when I am sort of trying to scope out new trees, sort of learning more about how they're managed by the different councils, um, the policies behind that, which can sometimes be a bit complicated because Exeter Council might look after a, a specific tree and then there's Devon Council who do, and then there can be a bit of confusion with you know the two people talking together. And whilst this is all going on, the tree might need care or there might be a problem with it. So you're trying to work with your council to advocate for more protections for trees. Is that right? Yeah, really. As I said, it's just making not just the council, but everyone aware that trees aren't these just objects that get replaced. You know, they're living organisms with massive networks underground that we're only just starting to discover now. And the benefits they give us, we need to really look after them, really. And so I'm trying to sort of use whatever research and knowledge I have to sort of try and steer that to the people that can help make a difference. You know, whether that's a council or, or local people. Back in January last year, the council planted two small 
sweet gum trees, which are American trees. Unfortunately, within two months, they were vandalised. Somebody came along and snapped them, and they unfortunately couldn't recover. You know, I made the council aware back, well, months ago. And then, unfortunately, this is the challenge I've got. Nothing was done or heard. Unfortunately, they're still there now in pieces, which is a shame because they should have been replaced. But the argument I had is they should have had cages around them to stop vandalism. So this is just one of many challenges that not just street trees, but just young trees have as well, is that we just need to look after them. And it might cost a bit more to start with, but it just seems the right thing to do. You know, if I had it my way, every street tree would have a proper ground pit with like a cage to stop any vandalism. But that's a project I'm hopefully going to work with the council. It'll be interesting to see where where that goes with that one. Yeah, definitely. I'm interested in the dendrology aspects of Curio. That's something we haven't touched on too much. So you mentioned that dendrology is the study of trees. When you map a tree for Curio, do you write down scientific observations about it? Yeah, so one thing you can do is once you've mapped a tree, you can add a note if you want to, um, and you can just put on there whether it's a young tree, an old tree, or if there's any damage or disease to it. There'll be a search box for the species, so if you know the species, um, most people could probably guess it's an oak, so you can just mark it as an oak tree. And that's great because it opens it up for everybody so that you don't have to be an expert to use it. You know, it welcomes all levels of users. Three years ago, my knowledge of trees was nearly zero. I wouldn't be able to tell one tree from the next. But over time, that's changed. And you can also add other bits of information like the vitality. And also, if you're really into it and you've got a tape measure, you can actually measure the trunk, the circumference of the tree. And if you've got the right tools, you can even get the height of there as well. So you've got all of those available options. Great. So Terence, you have your own website. It's exetertrees.uk. If you wanted to tell people who live in Exeter to come to your website, are there opportunities to get involved? Are tips for them to use Curio? What I'm trying to do is sort of just have it as a, not just for the local people, but for anybody interested in trees so that they can get to my website and then quickly reference a particular tree. Another project I'm working on with the council is the parks as well, so that um, people can actually choose a park and I'd have all the trees listed on there. So again, that's another feature of Curio, is that when you map a tree, it puts it in your global collection, which is just everyone can see. But you can also have specific collections, so I can have one for St. Thomas Park. So that's a long-term goal for me, is to get all of those trees within the park so that anyone with the app, if they're in that park, they've got a complete list of everything in there as well. Awesome. What advice would you give to people around the world who want to start using Curio just like you did? Let's say there's someone I don't know in maybe the United States who doesn't know anything about trees. What would you tell them to do if they wanted to start documenting trees and trying to preserve them? Well, yeah, the Curio app's a great place to start because there are also experts on Curio as well. You can just quite easily sort of follow those people. Much like with social media, you can follow specific people. A few times I've had people map trees, not just in Exeter, but the UK or further afield, and they'll actually put in there, they're not sure what it is, but, you know, luckily you can add photos and between myself and the other experts on Curio, we'll steer them in what we think it is, and then they can map it properly that way. So it's great because it's a community that will hopefully grow, and it's just handy that you've got that one central place to sort of share all that information. And Paul, do you have any advice for people who haven't used Curio before and want to get started? 
I suppose my my first feeling with these things is people should should just uh, dive in. You know, they they shouldn't hold back. You know, there is a community aspect to Curio, as Terence mentioned, and that provides a support for people when they're getting started to help them along. And there's also kind of chat channels within Curio for people who need to ask questions. So I'd say the first thing is for people to just go to curio.xyz and it'll kind of guide them from there. People can start out by recording trees and plants. If they don't know the species, they don't have to worry. As Terence mentioned, you can take a photograph and that's really valuable data in itself. So you record the position, take a photo and someone else can label the species for you. But the other thing is that you can record general observations as well. You know, there's value in just recording habitat more generally too. So we do see people recording birds, fungi, different features that they come across. Yeah, I would say dive in. Great. Is there anything that we haven't talked about yet that either of you would like to discuss? You know, if people go to Curio now, they will see, they'll see where it is now. But we actually just today started testing a quite major new version of Curio. And really what we're focusing on now is uh, some of the stuff that I've touched on earlier, which is providing people with a much better kind of guided route through their learning so that people can achieve learning goals in relation to environmental sciences, uh, dendrology, horticulture but achieves them by taking constructive action. So one of the things we're looking at is at the moment, the US's ash trees are in serious, serious trouble because of a pest called the emerald ash borer. It's an Asian beetle that came in and is decimating ash trees to the extent that the ash tree is is now on the species red list facing extinction in North America. There's a huge, huge need for people to monitor for the presence of this pest. So, So we want to create a project that basically teaches people how to recognize an ash tree, how to recognize signs of stress in ash trees, and how to identify the presence of an emerald ash borer in order to improve monitoring for its presence. And the other thing that we're introducing is ecosystem services. As people record trees, once we have the species and the trunk diameter, we're able to extract a whole load of other information from that around the environmental services that trees provide. You know, trees look beautiful. They provide fruit and nuts and things like that. And lots of people know about those things. But then there are a whole lot of other services that trees provide in an area. So they reduce energy usage in particularly hot climates. They cool down urban areas. They reduce flooding. They sequester carbon and store it over their lifetime. Um, And we can calculate the levels at which it's doing that. We can calculate the levels of pollution that that trees reduce. So there's a whole load of good stuff that falls out of that. Um, So we also want to create a project around that that will allow people to get reports based on the work that trees that they record are doing so that they get a sense of, well, hey, if you map all the trees in your street, how much carbon do they sequester? How much pollution do they reduce? Thank you so much. And at the end of every podcast, we ask people, what's a topic, our project, or just anything in the citizen science world that you think we should have on in a future episode? So there is actually a project which I think is really cool, which is the SETI Quest project. SETI is the, the search for extraterrestrial intelligence. So they use the, the Allen Telescope Array in the Cascades in California to monitor radio signals across the uh, A section of the visible universe. It's kind of a far out there project in that, you know, you're searching for intelligent life from other planets. I think it would be amazing to be the person who was the first to spot that. That's one I'm pretty excited about. I'd love to see results uh, from that. That was really great. I really appreciate both of you coming on here. And thank you so much. I can't wait to follow X their trees and curios. They keep growing and succeeding in the field of mapping trees. Thank you again. Yeah, thank Thank you. you. To get started with Curio, visit curio.xyz on your computer or visit the App Store or Google Play Store and search Curio XYZ. They have helpful tutorials that will show you the process of mapping trees and other green features of where you live. 
To see Terence's work on trees in Exeter, visit exetertrees.uk, where there are links to his thousands of YouTube videos, a list of all the types of trees in Exeter, and planning proposals related to trees that he has made more accessible to people living in Exeter. Citizen Science is produced by Justin Schell and Caroline Nickerson, in association with SciStarter. Music in this episode was by Discount Fireworks, under a Creative Commons license via the Free Music Archive. To learn more about our show, get a transcript of this episode, and listen to previous episodes, please visit SciStarter.org podcast. We'd love to hear your feedback on what we've done so far and ideas for what we could do in the future. Send us a note at info at SciStarter.org. If you like the show, please rate or review us on your podcast platform of choice, or simply send it to a friend. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with a new episode. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you then.